Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to All the Books. A weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 60, and today we are talking about books released on June 28, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello, hello. Hi. Yay. I wanted to I wanted to sing a little backstreet voice to you, but I've been practicing and it didn't work, so I was, Oh. Yeah, maybe next time. Okay. Which a, backstreet voice was it? It's a surprise. surprise. It, yeah, I'm still working on it. It didn't. It didn't work out all that uh, well. I will anxiously await that. <laughs> so, um, before we get started, can I share the yeah. Snapchat story? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because it's the cutest story ever. Um, oh. So technology failures. I loved it. Uh, so, listeners, um, the other day I was texting with Rebecca, and she said, "I'm so glad you're on Snapchat." And I said, "Excuse me, what?" Because I'm not on Snapchat, and it turns out when you get a new phone, if there's a, an account on Snapchat attached to that number, it will come up and, and ask your friends to be friends or, or show them that you're a contact now. So Rebecca uh, sent someone a very cute video of herself dressed as a fox um, saying, saying I, I love, love you, you <laughs> to the person who previously had my phone. And like making kissy face. <laughs> it was adorable. So, yeah. Yeah, at least I wasn't naked. Yeah. So, and like, I was completely paranoid thinking somebody was impersonating me. So through the power of paranoia and my love for you, you got me to join Snapchat. This is my greatest accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. I am really enjoying that you are on Snapchat. I, and I did, yeah. like, as soon as we figured it out, I sent the other person a message that was like, hey, so about that video, I think you might want to update your Snapchat account because my friend that I was sending that video to has your old number and like big surprise they didn't send anything back. That's because they're um, crying because they thought you loved them and you took it back. <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. But uh, if you want to, you know, hang with us on Snapchat, I'm Rebecca Shinsky there like everywhere else. I'm, are you are I'm you not, posting publicly? Yet? No, you're not. Okay. No, it's well, it's too much for me. I spent so much time trying to put filters on book covers and like on my pets. I like, take photos. Oh my like, gosh! The I have Adam, to stop doing it. <laughs> the Adam Duritz in dog face photo that you sent me. Thank you. Yes. See, oh, it was so but perfect. like I should be reading books, and instead I'm like, look at Harry Nilsson with dog ears. <laughs> it's so like, perfect. Stop. Yeah. Um, so I'm both excited and sorry, I guess, that you ended up on Snapchat. Yeah. And then some rando now has a video of me dressed like a fox <laughs> saying I love you. And it making was really cute, kissy faces. Yeah, as like accidentally sending someone a message over yeah. a social network goes, that's it's pretty tame. I'm not too worried. Yeah, it could have been much worse. <laughs> it Yes, it really could have. Um, do you want to kick you us off? Talk about the first... <laughs> yeah, we should talk about books. I'm coming off a cold, so I'm trying to laugh and not cough. Oh, well, then I won't say anything funny from now on. 
Okay, very. This will be the world's first serious episode of all the books. <laughs> Not going to happen. Nope. Okay, so I'm like breaking form here um, because the first book that I'm going to talk about is actually a book that came out a few weeks ago that I did not have a chance to read before it came out. And I read it the other day and it just grabbed my heart and I loved it so much. I could not wait to tell everyone about it. It's called One in a Million Boy by Monica Wood. And it's just the sweetest, saddest, most wonderful thing I've read in a long time. Um, it's about a young boy. He's 11. And he's the boy. Like, that's his, his name in the book. Um, and not giving any... This is not a spoiler, but he dies. He he has a heart condition, and he dies. And um, we learn that his, his uh, father is a musician who has been out of his life uh, much out of his life for, like, most of his life. Um, he he and, and the boy's mother have been married twice and divorced twice because he tries to make a go of it, but he's never really been a father to the boy, and the father's name is Quinn. And Quinn finds out that um, his son was part of the Boy Scouts, and as one of their things that they did, um, they would assist the elderly, and his son has been doing chores for a woman named Ona, who is 104 years old. Holy cat! Yeah, and so he's been spending all this time with her, um, not only to help with the chores, but also as a class project. He's been recording her life story um, to turn in because he thinks he's going to get a great grade because she's 104. And on top of that, the boy is, he's a little different. He's a little special. He really liked to count things. He really li- likes world records, like the Guinness Book of Records. He reads it front to back and back to front. And he knew all the records by heart. And he was trying to convince Ona because he's only 11, that she should go for the record of the world's oldest person. Like, like, like she has him say that, you know. Um, he's like, you only have, you know, 18 more years. and Just and, hang on. Yeah, so he, he was working. And so Quinn finds out all this, and he decides that he's going to complete the, the program that his son was part of. He starts going over to Ona's house and helping out with her chores and really, like, learning about the boy. Um, he feels really guilty, you know, that he wasn't really a part of his life and that he didn't really seem to connect with the boy. Uh, Quinn is a musician. He tours with bands. And he's been given the option of being the dad or or a musician. And both times he's chosen to be the musician. Um, he's trying to make up for that now by helping out Ona. And you learn about, like, Ona's life and her children. And it's just, oh, I sobbed so hard. This book is just, like, it pulls all your heartstrings. And it's just amazing, and I really loved it so much. Again, like I said, I I couldn't wait to tell everybody because it's just so beautiful. And there's no laughing, no laughing now. Um, It's just amazing. Again, it's called One in a Million Boy by Monica Wood. That sounds great. Oh, it's so good. I was just like, I sobbed and sobbed. My boyfriend was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I need Fritos. (laughs) Um. I'm also, I guess this isn't quite breaking with form, but three of my picks this week are paperbacks, and only one of those is a book that I read when it was in hardcover, and I think I did pitch it on the show last year. Um, the, the other two paperbacks are books that I had had my eye on for a while, but I just missed them in hardcover, and so the paperback releases this week gave me an excuse to pick them up and finally catch up, and I am so glad that I did. The first one is called Local Girls by Caroline Zankin, and it's about uh, three girls, or they're young women, Maggie, Lindsay, and Nina. They're 19 now. They have been friends for longer than they can remember. Like none of them remember the first time that they met. Their parents were friends. They all grew up together, uh, you know, in a like suburb near Orlando. 
And they've just been friends more out of convenience than anything else. But they've been friends for so long that that doesn't even really matter. These are lifelong friends. They are hanging out in their usual bar on uh, on the weekend, the bar that kind of turns a blind eye to the fact that they are 19 and not yet 21. And this movie star comes in and ends up sitting down at their table and spending the evening with them. And of course, that's remarkable in its own right. But it turns out that that is the last night of his life. And so the book gives us Maggie, one of the girls, narrating that last night of the uh, movie star, his name is Decker, of his life that they spent at the bar and also at the same time unspooling the story about this other girl named Lila who had been in their group and they have this catty encounter with her and the girls that she turns up at the bar with that night. So we start wondering what happened and how come these three aren't friends with Lila anymore? So there's this dual unwinding of what happened on this this one night at the bar, but also what happened a few years back when they were all in high school and why aren't they friends with Lila anymore? Their uh, sort of ringleader of the group is the girl named Nina. And she is one of those, like she has interesting ways of showing her affection for people. And one of the things that develops between them in high school is this prank war that like they do kind of horrible things to each other, but it's all in the name of like, oh, I wouldn't do this horrible thing to you if I didn't really like you and know that you can take it. And so they all sort of talk themselves into believing that it's her way of saying I love you. And so they tolerate these cruelties. And I just was so impressed. Caroline Zankin just gets right to these these cruel things that teenagers do to each other, both intentionally and unintentionally, and how complex teen girl friendships can be. And she does it without essentializing that teen girls are terrible to each other. There's no like, oh, you know, girls are just catty. Um, none of these girls is the girl who's like, I'm just friends with boys because other girls can't be trusted. There's no, there's none of that weird gender stuff about it. Uh, but if you've been a teenage girl, you know that some of this is true, uh, that the way society you know, has created teenagerhood and girlhood and the way that it all collides, uh, especially near the middle and end of your adolescence, it can be so messy. And it's, it's just right there on the page. It's so compelling. Also tied up in it is that Maggie really hates this town that they've grown up in. She wants to get away, and she's not very good at hiding it. So her friends have started to feel her contempt for the town as rejection of them. Uh, and that's really complicating how they all interact as well. I just burned through this book. It's perfect for summer. And when I say that, at least to me, the perfect summer read has nothing to do with subject matter so much as like, I just want a story to completely absorb me so that I could be sitting on a beach or on a plane or wherever and not paying any attention to anything except what's happening on the book. Um, I just loved it. And it's, it's, it's thoughtful. It's a great read. There's a lot more to it, I think, than uh, what I was expecting when I you know, got the pitch for teenage girls spend their night in a bar and it's the last night of a movie star's life. Uh, it's very little about the movie star and uh, much more so about the relationships between these girls. Again, it's called Local Girls by Caroline Zankin, and that's Z-A-N-C-A-N. I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah. I talked was, about it when it was in hardcover. It's oh, so great. I did not remember that because brains. Um, uh, we talk about a lot of books. How could you remember true. them all? And you especially talk about a lot of books. <laughs> there are some that I'm like, oh, right. That pitch you know, like, or the synopsis of a book is so unique or weird that, that I can remember uh, that it was a Liberty pitch. But this one just showed up in the mail and it felt brand new. And there was something nice about that, too. Of like, oh, okay. 
And the cover is like Play-Doh red, so you can't miss yeah, it. It's great. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, before we get to your next pick, we have our first sponsor this week. Third Love is back. We have told you before, and we're going to tell you again, that the Third Love 24-7 t-shirt bra is super comfort- comfortable. Uh, the cups are made out of memory foam. It molds to your shape. They're not thick. It's not padded, um, it, but it's intended to give you the perfect fit. And uh, in both of our experiences, it did. Uh, it's super smoothing, so it's invisible under every outfit. The band is this like wonderful microfiber that's comfortable even when you get sweaty, which is, you know, kind of a gross thing to say, but it's 92 degrees where I am right now. And so that matters. Uh, The hook and eye is tagless and it's foam padded. So it's comfortable to wear all the way around. I've worn it for traveling. I've worn it. uh, I think I accidentally wore it on a hike in New Zealand when I couldn't find my sports bra. Um, Just, you know, long trips, everyday wear, you name it. I've had really, you know, good luck with this bra and finding a great bra that's comfortable and keeps its shape is not the easiest thing. Uh, So the 24-7 t-shirt bra from Third Love has done that for me. It's so good. Like they sent me one for free, but I have given them my dollars for additional ones because I really, uh, I really dig it. Looks great under t-shirts and tank tops. It hides under everything. Totally perfect. Uh, Third Love stands behind their product so much that they're willing to let the All the Books listeners try it for free, um, and you just pay for the shipping. So what you're going to do is go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started. You wear the bra for 30 days. That means you take the tags off, you wear it, you wash it, you do all your normal life stuff in it. If you love it, you keep it, they'll charge your card. If you don't love it, you send it back for free and your card will not be charged. And if you don't know your size, they have a friendly online fit specialist who will help you find your perfect fit. Uh, And we've heard from uh, several friends who have tried it that that worked especially well for them. So start your free 30-day trial with the Third Love 24-7 t-shirt bra. Go to thirdlove.com slash books. And thanks to them for sponsoring this week. Yes, thanks to them. Okay, what's next? I myself have a complicated teenage girl relationship book. Ooh, we're doing a theme. <laughs> so, so, sort of. Like, it's a little more murdery. <laughs> mm. um, it's called All the Missing Girls by Megan Miranda. And it's about a woman named Nicolette. She goes by Nick. Uh, she's living a great life in Philadelphia with her fiancé, Everett. Um, she gets the call from her brother, Daniel. Uh, she grew up in a small town called Cooley Ridge in North Carolina. And her brother is still there. Um, with his wife, who is now pregnant, and their father is, uh, he has Alzheimer's, so he's in a home now, um, and Daniel's trying to sell the family home, but he needs help from Nick, and Nick's like, mm, I'm not really interested in helping, she's never really gone back home, she doesn't have a great time, everything's complicated, but then she gets a letter in the mail, and it's from her dad, and he it's basically says, I know about that girl, I saw that girl. And so she decides to go home and find out what it is that her dad knows. And as she does that, we also start to learn about what her dad knows, except it's told memento style. So oh. it goes uh, backwards. And, and as things go backwards, um, more is revealed. And it turns out that 10 years ago, Nicolette's best friend, Corinne, disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to her. Um, she had a boyfriend named Jackson. People suspe- suspected it was him. Uh, Nicolette had a boyfriend named Tyler. They looked into to him. They they looked into possibly something having to ha- having happened with Nicolette's brother Daniel, and no one's ever figured out what happened to Corinne. Um, but Nick goes back, and you know she's trying to talk to her father, but he doesn't remember, and he can't you know tell her things like when she asks them. He either has to be you know having a good day to remember things or not. 
Um, so as she's trying to figure this out, she runs into Tyler. She has a very complicated relationship with Tyler, her ex-boyfriend. They just kind of can't quit each other. And whenever she goes back home, you know, they end up in bed together. Um, and this time she's trying to stay away from him because she's engaged. And he has a new girlfriend named Annalise. But we find out that after the first day that Nicolette is back, Annalise has disappeared. Oh. So now people are wondering, you know, what happened um, you know, Nicolette shows up and all of a sudden Tyler's girlfriend is out of the picture again. And you also learn about her relationship with Corinne. Corinne was a very difficult young woman. She was wild and needy and she was always pushing Nicolette and their best friend Bailey to do things that they, they weren't sure of or feel good about. And she was, you know, the kind of that friend that was like, uh, you know, she'd try to sleep with her boyfriend to, to prove to Nick that, you know, he was faithful, that kind of thing. Um, and so she's starting to unravel the mystery backwards <laughs> as to what happened to them. And it's, it's tons of fun. It's, it's, you know, I can't imagine like, I, this is definitely like a one sitting or, you know, over a couple days kind of book. I can't imagine like if you set this down, you know, for a while, picking it back up and being like, okay, I'm reading it backwards. And now I, <laughs> you know, I'm completely sure of where I am. Um, but it's just, it's great fun. And again, it is called All the Missing Girls by Megan Miranda. Okay, to continue teenage girl deep thoughts. Uh, <laughs> this one is, man, this next book is such a heavy read, but such an important one. It's called All the Rage by Courtney Summers. And this is one that came out last year. There was some controversy around it, including schools and libraries that weren't going to stock it. And our uh, great colleague, Kelly Jensen, led an online uh, book drive to get hundreds of copies sent to a school district uh, that was refusing to keep it on their shelves because of some parent complaints. Uh, it's about teenagers and rape culture. The main character is named Romy Gray. Um, before the book opens, we learn that uh, like, well, when the book opens, we learn that prior to the action of the book last year, she was raped by a boy named Kellen Turner. He's sort of a golden boy. He's the son of the town sheriff. They live in a small town. And if there were train tracks in it, Romy would be from the wrong side of them. Um, no one believed her when she claimed that she was raped. She continues to be bullied by uh, her classmates, both boys and girls, um, for making that claim. And she's really suffered for, you know, trying to say what was done to her. Um, now she's a senior in high school, and after the night of the big senior party out at the lake where everybody gets wasted, uh, she wasn't even planning to go to this party. Um, but the night or the morning after the party, she is found abandoned on a road far from her home with no memory of what has happened. Her clothes are messed up, um, and she knows that she did not take herself there, but she doesn't know how she ended up there um, or in how she ended up in the condition that she's in. And that same night, another girl who is beloved, she's like the perfect popular girl in her class, has also gone missing. So Romy is found and makes it home. And the rest of the book, they spend searching for this other girl. This is so like unflinching gets tossed around a lot whenever there's a book about a difficult subject. But this is really unflinching. And that also means that if you have triggers around rape or sexual assault, you should probably avoid this one. It's really difficult. Um, Courtney Summers takes us right into the moments of Romy Gray's rape. I'm um, also into a new relationship that Romy is having with a boy who is a nice boy. Um, and 
how difficult it is for her to navigate that relationship while also dealing with the triggers of being alone with a guy who wants to touch her and be close to her and not knowing if she can trust him or not. Um, it's it's so intense. I had to read like 20 pages at a time and set it down and walk away. Um, but it addresses rape culture in a really pointed, but very, like it's a pointed novel with a political perspective. It has something to say, but it's also just a very compelling story that you will want to get through and you want to finish and find out what happened to this other girl. Is anything going to happen to the guy that Romy accused? And Courtney Summers gets to why so many victims of rape choose not to report it. Uh, if you're a girl from the wrong side of the tracks in a small town and everybody knows the sheriff and loves his kid, what's going to happen if you report it? Probably things will only get worse for you. Um, and she gets, Summers also gets at intersections of race and class that affect who is believed when they come forward as a rape victim. It's like I've said, it's a it's a tough read. It's not the kind of book that you walk away from saying that you enjoyed it, um, but it's a very good reading experience. And if you're you know, picking books for teenagers, if you're looking for fictional ways to get into these real life issues, um, this is the best you know, examination of rape culture that I've come across in fiction, especially young adult fiction. Um, and it would be, I think, an, an interesting companion in a classroom to like uh, John Krakauer's Missoula book. Uh, it's called All the Rage. It will give you all the rage. It's by Courtney Summers. My next pick is, is quite a bit different. Okay. But th mine are all connected because it does have a character with Alzheimer's. Um, my next pick is called We Could Be Beautiful by Swan Huntley. Um, I really enjoyed this book. I was, I was a little worried because it's like fabulously wealthy woman, you know, is having problems. And I was like, oh, am I going to be like, well, well, you know. Oh, I should have but, read it. I love rich people problems. Oh, yeah. So it's about a Manhattan socialite named Catherine West. She is remarkably wealthy, like so fabulously wealthy. Um, she comes from a, a very wealthy family. She's 43. She's never been married. And she really, really wants a family. She really wants children. But she has horrible taste in partners, she's she's had a couple of boyfriends and a girlfriends, and all of them were addicts and just really hanging out with her for the money, and it takes her a long time to get rid of them, and all of a sudden she finds herself, she's 43, and she really wants a baby. She wants to have a family. Um, and then she meets the perfect man. She's at a, at a gala, of course, um, <laughs> and she meets this man named William Stockton. He's a banker. Oh, that's and, a good rich guy name. Yeah, and like... Love is in the air. You know, he moves in like two weeks later. It's like absolutely perfect. They get engaged. She's so in love with him and she's so happy. Um, she has a, a friend named Susan who is a viper. She's her age. and But she doesn't want kids or a family. Um, and she's not really sure about William. And then she takes William to meet her mother who uh, has Alzheimer's. And she does not like William at all. And Catherine can't figure out, like, like what it is. Like, there's a family history there. It goes way back. Um, his parents were friends with her parents. And, you know, she's a little put off by this. But, you know, like, okay, so her friend doesn't like him. And her mom is, you know, obviously she's crazy. You know, she doesn't remember anything. So she doesn't know what she's talking about. Uh, sometimes she calls, you know, Catherine's sister Caroline, Catherine. And so she's thinking, you know, well, they just don't know. You know, and she he's pretty much perfect. Um... There's a couple of things she doesn't like about him. Like, he's very adventurous in bed. Um, she was, you know, she's like 43. She's like, eh, you know, I'm not all that interested in having, a, you know, a very physical relationship. But he is very adventurous. 
And he does things that she's not really comfortable with, but she just thinks, like, this is my last chance, you know, to have a family and to have a, you know, a marriage, so I'm just going to go with it. Although, the way they're doing things, she's not going to get pregnant. But anyway, (laughs) um, so, but as the book unravels, you find out that, you know, there is some deep family secrets going on, and she's just not sure who she should trust and sometimes her mother makes sense and sometimes her mother doesn't and she says things you know that that Catherine wonders about and 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 during all of this she's living like the most glamorous fabulous rich person life you know like she has a masseuse in her house and she's getting ready for her wedding and they're buying like the most expensive stuff and she goes shopping and and you know Huntley does this amazing job of describing like this fabulously wealthy life but like not in a way that you're just like I hate this woman and I don't care you know like I really enjoyed Catherine a lot like I thought she was great and she seemed very real you know like just because she's remarkably wealthy doesn't mean you know that she can't be unhappy or you know want a family or you know not have things so um and so it just, you know, heads towards that ending. I was just reading it so fast. I'm like, what's going to happen? Who's doing this? Who did that? What are the secrets? <gasps> it was so good. So again, it's called We Could Be Beautiful by Swan Huntley. That sounds like fun. It's so much fun. Also, the cover is gorgeous. Ooh, I will put it on my list. Uh, while we're speaking about books to put on your list, let me get to our next sponsor. Uh, we are sponsored again this week by This Calls for a Drink by Diane McMartin. It's published by Workman. Uh, this Calls for a Drink is an inspired drinking guide that matches wines and beers to the significant and also not so significant events in life. Uh, so if you get dumped by a jerk, you can celebrate with a sparkling rosé. If you're binge watching Buffy, you know, for the millionth time, try a Riesling because it's refreshing, but it has depth. There are hundreds of unexpected expected recommendations delivered in a voice that is fresh, hip, so much attitude, and also it's really as informative as it is entertaining. So everything you need to know to drink like an adult, even if you don't always behave like one, uh, which is right up my alley. Again, the book is called This Calls for a Drink. Uh, it's also got an adorable cover. This will look great propped up in your kitchen or on your bar cart in your house. Uh, I think also a really fun gift. And they have purchased this spot uh, on the podcast before we found out that Diane McMartin is going to be doing an evening event with us during Book Riot Live. Uh, so you can meet her and drink some beer or some wine and hang out at a bookish party with us and Diane McMartin at Book Riot Live. And we'll talk about that more um, down the line. But in the meantime, pick up This Calls for a Drink, The Best Wines and Beers to Pair with Every Situation by Diane McMartin. And thanks to Workman Publishing for sponsoring. Woohoo! Yes. Okay, my next pick is called Chronicle of a Last Summer, a novel of Egypt by Yasmin El Rashidi. Um, This opens in Cairo in 1984. Um, The main character is six at the time. She's a little girl. She's absorbed by her family's quiet daily life, and the writing does just that. We see her just absorb and observe um, just the, you know, day-to-day comings and goings of her family. But her father has left. No one will say where he's gone or why. And President Mubarak has just been appointed. And she's only six, so she doesn't really know what any of these things mean. But she hears her family members and, you know, the extended members of the community that come by the house talking about stuff. There's this low-level, like, hum behind everything of loss and of mystery. And she can, like, she picks up that everyone around her is sort of longing for the past. 
Then we jump to another summer uh, when she's in college now. She is an aspiring filmmaker, and she's thinking about the silence that has defined her life. And then the next chunk of the book goes to a final summer. It's a summer in her 30s, and it's after uh, Mubarak has been overthrown which happened in 2011. Um, She's been reunited with her father, and now she's a writer professionally. The filmmaking thing didn't quite pan out, so she's pivoted into writing, and she's considering her past, both for personal reasons and also as something that she might be writing about. Um, And that's that's it. The book is less than 200 pages long. Um, It's very quiet, and it has these short declarative sentences that were kind of, were surprising and were unfamiliar to me from the other kinds of things that I've been reading lately. Um, It took me a little while to hang with the style, but it's very intentional and it becomes almost meditative. It like lulls you into this gentle rhythm of how the narrator is thinking about her days and then how she ultimately thinks about her life. Um, It felt really different from something, from anything else that I've read lately. Um, So it was refreshing in that way. And also just a culture that I don't know much about, a point in history that I don't know much about, um, and and a really interesting way to structure a novel through like snapshots of three summers of a person at very different times in her life, um, moving through childhood and then being just kind of in her early 30s old enough to really reflect on her childhood and start to understand uh, the significance of those experiences to her. So again, it's called Chronicle of the Last Summer. It's by Yasmin El Rashidi. All right. It's my turn again. Bring it on home. Yes. Um, My last pick is not a mystery. It is not a thriller. If you're just looking to relax and read a good book, it's very evenly paced. It's called A Thousand Miles from Nowhere by John Gregory Brown. And it's just delightful. Um, It's about a man named Henry Garrett. He lives in New Orleans. And the thing I like about Henry is that he's just really honest. Like, he he's not special in any way. He, he doesn't have any talents. Um, he's an unhappy uh, English teacher at high school. He's married to a fabulous woman, but he doesn't think that he deserves her. Um, he's not really sure what he's doing with his life. They don't have any children. Um, and one day... He decide, his mother passes away. He inherits money from her. He buys an empty, beat-up old grocery store and just starts hanging out in it with a bunch of artists. He invites people to, like, bring stuff in and, like, sell their art and do stuff. And his wife is like, what on earth are you doing? Um, but he's just, like, trying to figure stuff out. And she eventually leaves him. And then Hurricane Katrina happens. Um, and so when the book opens, Henry is driving through Virginia. He has left New Orleans. He's gotten out in time. And he stops at this motel, and he meets this amazing woman named Latanji, and she's, you know, offering to let him stay there for free and for as long as he wants. She's recently been widowed, and she's trying to help him out. And so he starts staying at the hotel, and he's thinking about reconnecting with his wife and looking for her because he hears that she's in Virginia. Um, And then he meets a woman named Marge, who is a very headstrong, energetic woman who's in charge of the women's church group in town. And she also takes him on as, like, a pet project. Like, they want to help Henry find his wife. Um, Because he's he's just so blah about everything. Like, he just doesn't remember things. He doesn't pay attention. And so she told him, like, where she was moving and what her phone number was. But he just doesn't remember. Um, But now he's decided, you know, he's going to go look for her. And he meets a, a bunch of other characters along the way and it's just this really beautiful story about loss and redemption and like trying to find yourself and being honest with yourself 
Um, and it has really great characters. Like, it's definitely a character-driven novel. Um, it's very sweet. And, again, it's called A Thousand Miles from Nowhere by John Gregory Brown. My next pick, my last pick, is also very sweet. And this is a paperback release of one that I talked about last year. It's Our Souls at Night by Kent Harreff. This is set in Holt, Colorado, which is a small town that if you've read Kent Harreff, including Plain Song and Even Song, you will recognize the town. It's about two older people named Addie Moore and Lewis Waters. Uh, her husband has died and his wife has died. And it's been long enough for both of them that it's respectable now to want some companionship. Uh, so one night, Addie walks across the street. And it's one of those streets in one of those towns where like everybody knows who's going over to everybody else's house. And she makes this proposal to Lewis um, that she's lonely and she thinks that he's lonely. And what if she were just to come over in the evening or he were to come over to her house and they were to just lay down in bed next to each other and talk just to have someone to talk to and to have someone to tell about your day. So they do that. And they start off like sneaking through the back alleys of their houses so that people won't see them or like getting up extra early in the morning and getting out. And that has this like, you know, almost teenagery teenagers trying to get away with stuff feel that makes them really excited, even though like nothing is happening between them yet. Um, but they do this every evening, they lie down together, they begin to hold hands, they talk about their day, and then it expands to they're talking about their lives, their marriages, their children, things that they were disappointed in, things that they were happy about. It's this very quiet, reflective, sweet thing that happens between the two of them through the course of the story. And that's kind of all it is, but that's all it needs to be. I really loved it when I read it. Um, Kent Harreff does so much or did so much. Um, he passed away last year with the just the beautiful details of normal lives. And I think that's on display so well in Our Souls at Night. And that is my last pick of the week. We did it. We did it. We made it. What are you going to go read now? I am finally, finally uh, working my way through The Amazing Cavalier in Clay by oh, Michael Shaben. I've never Shaben. read that. I, like, it's a lot of people's favorite book that I know. And, and I've been very nervous about reading it because so many of my friends are like, it's my favorite book. You have to read it. You better love it. So um, I finally picked it up. And I wasn't, I also love, I wasn't really sure how to pronounce his name. I've been saying Shaben, but I was like, I don't know if that's right. So I just looked it up. And in his own words, he says, it's pronounced Shay as in Shea Stadium, and Bon as in Bon Jovi. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm doing right. Um, Perfect. Yeah. And, and I mean, it won the Pulitzer, you know, but I just have been so nervous, but I'm finally like pulling the trigger on that and, and doing it. So um, I think it's a great summer read. What are you going to read? I don't know what I'm going to read next, but I have just started the audiobook of Lab Girl by Hope Jaron, oh. um, which so many... Have, did you read it? I have started it, yes. Okay. So many people have told me how good the book is, and then Jeff told me on the Book Riot podcast how great the audio is, and so I'm listening to it right now. And I'm only an hour or so in, but it feels like this year's H is for Hawk um, to me, like a nature-y, science-y book about you know, being really methodical and interested in the world. And then the book is really about so much more than nature and science. Um, so I'm going to go like drive around for a while and listen to that. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to read next, but I know what I'm going to eat next. And it's macaroni <laughs> and cheese. And I know what I'm going to watch next. Like, I was like, where is this going? Oh, well, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I am binging through the new season of Oranges, the New Black. I'm trying to finish it before oh. the internet spoils it for me. So that's oh, my plan. Oh, well, good luck, because I think they spoiled it for me, like, the oh, first no. day. 
I've just been hiding from Twitter. Yeah, it's really um, for the best. Um, by the time we talk again, I probably will have finished it, and then I'll have feelings. Just um, don't tell me what happens on Shark Week. I will. There are sharks. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. We made it. Thanks again to our sponsors, Third Love. You can go to thirdlove.com slash books to start your free 30-day trial with the 24-7 t-shirt bra. And to This Calls for a Drink by Diane McMartin. We'll have a link to it in the show notes, or you can pick it up wherever books are sold. And you should. You need to learn how to pair your wine and beer for all of your summer parties. Uh, Come hang out with us and Diane McMartin at Book Riot Live. Go to bookriotlive.com to get your tickets. The $40 VIP registration ends on June 30th. And it's really going away for good this time. So take advantage of that. You'll also get a free water bottle and early RSVP access to any of the special events and panels that require RSVPs. And we have quite a lineup of great speakers so far. Uh, so like, if you are dying to see some of them, uh, and you should be, check out bookriotlive.com for the full lineup and go ahead and get that $40, registra- $40 off registration before June 30th. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H. I-N-S-K-Y. Miss Liberty is Miss Liberty. We're not going to give you her Snapchat handle, which is different just yet. She's not ready. <laughs> I probably... I, I just... I can't. I have to read books. I won't accidentally send anyone else any kissy face <laughs> videos this week, but who knows what could happen next week. And if you've got a minute to rate or review the show on iTunes, we would certainly appreciate that. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. All right. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.